Welcome to Revealing Jesus with Christina Pereira. Are you hungry to hear more about our beautiful Savior Jesus? Well, the Bible declares that grace and peace are multiplied to us in the knowledge of Jesus. Join me for revelatory teaching, interviews with leaders in the body of Christ, and testimonies of God's goodness in your life. Thanks for joining the conversation to reveal more of Jesus to a hurting world today. Hey, everybody. Thanks so much for tuning into this week's episode of Revealing Jesus with Christina Pereira. I am your host, Christina, and I'm so happy to have you with me here today. I hope and I pray that you are doing well right where you are and enjoying the continuously flowing favor of grace pouring from our beautiful Savior and Father in Heaven. I've got a great show for you today. Just recently, I had the privilege of sitting down with a ministry leader, a fellow podcaster, and author of When You Love a Prodigal, Judy Douglas, uh, one of my fellow CPN hosts, which is so fun. And we had this great conversation about how God desires us to love prodigals when they come home and uh, the grace of God that we should be pouring out on them that God first poured out on us because absolutely every single one of us uh, are prodigals. Uh, at one point in our lives, and the grace that God loves us with is what He desires us to love others with. And so this inspiring conversation is going to equip you guys, hear testimonies of Judy's life when she adopted a 10-year-old um, boy, and uh, the journey that she went on with him, learning to love like Jesus. And so you guys will love this. Be sure to listen in. Uh, for a powerful prayer at the end. But before we get started, I want to give a quick shout out to our Christina Prayer Ministry sponsors who help support the mission to unite the body of Christ and fulfill the Great Commission with love. A big shout out to Gopher Ministries who provides all of our equipment for our gospel events. Davis Financial Services who does all of our financial accounting Harvest Family Network, through which I am licensed and ordained, and Life-Changing Productions, who helps put together evangelistic events to reach our city for Jesus. If you or your organization are interested in becoming a CPM sponsor, you can find out more information on our website at ChristinaPereira.org. Do you have a loved one special occasion coming up? and don't know what to get them, well, now you can sponsor an episode of Revealing Jesus in their name. And you can give them a special dedication message read on air. It makes a great gift. To find out more information, just go to christinaperreira.org slash podcast. Today's episode is sponsored by Plexus Living Free. It's hard to be and do all that God has called us to do, world changers, light of the world, when you don't feel your best. Most of the health issues that we deal with today have the same roots of poor gut health, blood sugar imbalance, and inflammation. But you can address those issues with Plexus plant-based products. You guys, I have to tell you, I have been on the Plexus 
bandwagon for the last two months and I'm so thankful. I've noticed some big changes in my body. I have so much more energy than I used to and I'm sleeping better and a lot has changed. So I'm really thankful for that. If you're encountering issues with weight gain and blood sugar imbalance and things like that, I would highly recommend you check out the Plexus products. And I'm so thankful if you click on the link I've provided in the show notes, you can receive 10% off your welcome package and free VIP membership. It's a health assessment quiz, and once you tell them what you need, they'll recommend uh, the right products to fit you best. So thanks so much for being a Revealing Jesus listener. I've got a great resource for you guys today. I've got an amazing book called Chosen, Appointed for Favor, Destined for Greatness by Michelle McLean Walters. And right now it's on sale through Charisma. This book will help show you how you can live in the fullness of your identity as God's chosen ones. I know this powerful resource is going to equip you guys to help fulfill your God-given destiny. We need each and every one of us declaring the goodness of God in this hour. And I'm so excited to bring this to you guys. And as always, when you, when you purchase our resources, you help support Revealing Jesus. And I'm so thankful for that. I've been working on some new resources for you guys. If you are a new believer, I want to equip you with foundational gospel truth. And uh, we want to get that out to you free of cost. You can get a free PDF download of our new uh, workbook coming out called the New Believer Workbook. It's going to be available shortly on Amazon. But if you are a new believer, we want to send that to you for free. So just check out the links in the show notes and click the link Welcome Home if you're a new believer. And of course, I will be letting our mailing list know when that new believer workbook is out. I think it's so important to just equip you guys with foundational gospel truths as you embark on this new relationship with Jesus. And it's really very cool because it includes places for journaling and reflection questions on what Jesus has done for us. So I think it's going to be really impactful. But if you're a new believer, we want to send you a free PDF download version so that you can get started on that. And uh, so be sure to check that out in the show notes. Without further ado, let's listen in on my conversation with Judy Douglas. Hey, everybody. Thanks so much for tuning into this week's episode of Revealing Jesus with Christina Pereira. I'm your host, Christina, and I'm so excited to have you with me here today. I hope and I pray that you are doing well right where you are and enjoying the continuously flowing favor of grace pouring from our beautiful Savior and Father in heaven. I've got a great show for you today. I have an amazing leader in the body of Christ with me. She is a writer, speaker, podcaster, and an encourager. She is the author of When You Love a Prodigal, 90 Days of Grace for the Wilderness. And she is one of my fellow CPN podcast hosts, When You Love a Prodigal. Welcome to the podcast, Judy Douglas. Well, Christina, thank you. I am delighted to be here to meet you and to have a chance to share things that God has done for me that I hope will bless your listeners. 
Oh, thank you so much. Well, I, I so appreciate that because, you know, when we tell of the beauty of Jesus, the testimony of Jesus, we open the door for him to do it in the lives of another person. And it's such a great honor to sit down with each and every one of you and hear your stories and your hearts. And it's just such an amazing opportunity. I've told our listeners so much about you. Can you share something with them, maybe something personal just to help get to know you? I, yes. <laughs> I, the first thing I often say, uh, if they already know that Jesus is the main thing in my life, um, is that I'm from Texas. And even though I haven't lived there for most of my life, being born there and grown up, growing up there, it is kind of an innate thing for me to be a Texan. Plus, um, I love horses. I'm married to a wonderful man. I have three grown children and 10 grandchildren who are a major part of my life right now. And then let me just tell you this, and maybe we'll get to it a little more today, marks 30 years since God sent this boy who is almost 10 into our life as a foster child and then mm. later as adopted. And he's the one who took me into a prodigal wilderness. And so I, he's doing well now. Life is still challenging. But 30 years ago, God said, I'm sending you a son. Mm. And he, he sent this boy to us who changed our lives forever. Mm. I love that so much. You know, I was just reading this morning in my time with the Lord. Uh, he was highlighting to me that spirit of adoption and how powerful that is. It is. And how when we become uh, adopted, you know, into the family of God, we become heirs along right. with Jesus. And we now have full rights and privileges that uh, any biological children would have had. And I just was just feasting on that and how good God's heart is, is that he loves to draw those um, to him who has no one. And uh, he loves to say, you don't have a father. Guess what? I will be your father. And uh, it's just, and it's, he's a pretty good father. <laughs> he is, you know, honestly, he so is I growing up, I had no grid for what that should look like. And uh, he is just continuously blown me away by his goodness, his kindness, um, his mercy, his support. <laughs> yes, his grace, unending grace upon grace. He just doesn't know when to stop pouring. And, uh, and it's just so astounding. I, I have that in my show opening and it's not a platitude. I have lived it. I have lived the goodness of God and I'm so thankful for that. And, um, you know, my heart, my passion is to help others live it too. And I know that's yours as well. Absolutely. How did you meet Jesus? I have to ask. Okay. How did I meet Jesus? Well, I didn't know I didn't know him, uh, which is true for a lot of people. We went to church as a family, but it was not the main thing in our family at all. And I had a friend for whom uh, it was the main thing. And she would take me to her church. And then she invited me one Christmas to go with her to a Christmas camp at Young Life ran our young life ranch where I could learn to ski and meet cute boys. Mm. 
And I thought, that sounds good. Uh, so I went and I sort of learned to ski. At least I learned how to stay up and go down the hill pretty fast. The stopping, not so good. Um, and I, there were cute boys. That was nice. But I, well, before I finish that part, in my life, the main thing for me was always growing up, having my own way. I was strong-willed. I knew what I wanted. I have three sisters and they paid the price a lot because I wanted my own way. So I'm at this Young Life camp and the speaker who's been speaking each evening is talking about wanting us, you know, it's time to close the deal in a sense and meet Jesus and receive Christ. And so he says, Christ wants to come into your life and forgive your sins. And then he said, and show you his better way for your life. And I went, what? God has a better way for my life than I do? And, and it was like, yes, indeed. And so it was like I made a transaction, almost like I signed a contract with God that night. And I said, I choose your way, not wow. mine. Now, I thought it was done. I didn't know that, you know, it was a ongoing day by day choosing that. Like the next morning when things didn't go my way, I realized, oh, oh, I have to kind of keep putting this into action. But that phrase, I choose your way, not mine, was what kept me going in every major decision of my life. Mm -hmm. uh, that kept Jesus at the center of my life, the one guiding me and leading me. And I made some bad choices and, you know, but I mostly said no to things and yes to the right things because I consistently was seeking to choose God's way. It was a, a real transformation. Mm -hmm. I love that you said that because you hit the nail on the head. It isn't a one-time choice. Yes, we give our lives to Jesus. Yes, we're saved. And we become a new creation in Christ, that, that new birth moment. Um, but it is a constant choosing. Got it. it. I choose your way. I choose your direction. And, and I can really relate to the whole strong willed part of it. Um, and a lot of people can. <laughs> it took me a while. I, 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 I will say I went around some mountains before I learned that he knows better than I do. <laughs> well, there'll be more. <laughs> because you know the longer you live the more opportunities you have to want your own way again and and God is usually so gentle about it sometimes mm -hmm. he has to kind of take stronger action to get our attention but mm -hmm. but he says really I, I know better and I think you'll be happier if you would go this way okay okay yeah, almost always more than I used to. At first, it was a little challenging. Yes, he knows when to push us. He knows when to pull back. He knows when we've had enough. But the trick is to follow him. If we choose to walk through the valley of the shadow of death, he will walk with us. Yes, but it's not his first choice. Right. <laughs> so good. Well, I um I gave this uh, prophetic message earlier back in I think it was February or January this year. And I was saying how I really felt on the Lord's heart for 2022 and the years to come, uh, that this was a time when the porch lights were coming on and the prodigals were coming home. And I was so excited when I saw your message about loving uh, the prodigals. And uh, I'd love for you to tell me about 
your journey with your 10 year old adopted son and uh, that the Lord took you on? Oh my goodness, what a journey. You have no, no idea. First of all, just to adopt, um, people say, well, we adopt as a baby, you know, a brand new baby, and they won't have the issues that, like your son, who was much older when you got him. I said, well, you know, there are issues in their lives, and they have struggles that you know not of and they don't know of yet but they will so it was going to be a challenging journey anyway but he came from a very hard background he didn't know his dad um, his mom loved him and he loved her but uh, she was addicted to drugs and alcohol um, they lived in a little trailer that his grandparents set them up in, but there were men in and out and there were drug deals and somebody got stabbed and he was abused. Mm. Um, it was, and you know, they didn't always know where food was coming from. Mm -hmm. and, and so life was hard and uncertain and it took a long time, but the county eventually stepped in and took him from her. Um, it temporarily at first to see if she could get her life back in a good place. And so she, he came to us as a foster child, but I have to tell you how that happened. Mm. I had these two girls whom I loved um, and they were getting into, you know, they were into elementary school and I was working in our ministry, Campus Crusade for Christ crew now and I was happy. I was writing and speaking and enjoying my girls. And God says, I'm going to send you a son. And I went, mm, no, thank you. <laughs> and, and he said, oh, no, I'm going to send you a son. And he will be a gift. Mm. And I said, no, thank you. <laughs> and he said, no, really. I said, okay. Well, time passed and that didn't happen. And I said, that's okay, Lord. I'm happy. I'm content. And we were about to move from California, where our headquarters used to be, to Orlando, where we are now. And God said, when you get to Orlando, someone will say, can you take this boy? And I went, mm. seriously? <laughs> I said, all right, if that happens, I'll know this is not my imagination. I really have been hearing from you on this. Right. So, Three weeks after we arrived, a new friend said, by the way, do you know someone who could take an eight-year-old boy? Oh, my. And I didn't even think. I, the tears just flowed. She said, what's wrong? I said, I I'm pretty sure that we're supposed to. <laughs> and, and it took almost a year because of the complications with the county. During that time, he was living with his grandparents, who they wanted to keep him. And they said, we're already raising his half-sister. We, we're too old. We can't do it. And so anyway, it took almost a year and he came into our home. And that's, mm. he was almost 10, going into third grade. Um, so he's a couple of years behind in school. Came from so much dysfunction with his upbringing, but also because of his mother's drugs and alcohol when she's carrying him, there's... Uh, issues that uh, it really affects the brain, especially the management part of the brain. Mm -hmm. There's this thing called fetal alcohol syndrome causes the prevention in the formation of a, of a fetus 
of the ability to do cause and effect reasoning. Mm-hmm. Now, think about that. He's coming to us and he does not have the capability to, to recognize if I do this, this will happen. It took us a long time to kind of get that really clear. He also had uh, educational issues and just lots of things. Mm-hmm. And we didn't know all that. And so all we knew was that God had sent him to us. After three hard, but not terrible years, because you know he was still young and very dependent on us. And we brought a lot of good into his life, which he recognizes. But um, they terminated his mother's rights and said, all right, he's up for adoption. You get first choice. And our family had a little meeting <laughs> and it was like, okay, are we going to go for more of this? It's not been easy. And I said, I don't think God said I'm sending you a son for three years. Mm. Uh, And and then I have a daughter who's a counselor and started counseling people at about the age of 12. And uh, she was, they're almost the same age, she and our son, Josh. And uh, her name is Michelle. And Michelle said, well, I don't really want to keep him. It's not been easy, but I don't want to ruin the rest of his life by rejecting him. So her vote was yes. Our daughter, Debbie, was 14 at the time and really disappointed in this little brother (laughs) and also challenged by how hard he was. And she said, my husband's thinking, who's thinking, are we really going to do this? And he says, well, Debbie will say no. And Debbie said, you know, we just need to suffer gladly. God sent him to us. He must have things to teach us. And everyone looked like, who said that? Who said that? Where'd that come from? (laughs) Because it was not what Debbie would say. So that for my husband was confirmation that this was of God. And so we adopted him and um, we thought he'll feel secure. He'll know we do care about him. We will be there for him. We will not abandonment abandon him because he had so many abandonment issues and um except he was going into middle school now again he's kind of two years behind he's a big boy he's a big man now but he was you know sixth grade boys are not very tall yet but he was like an eighth grader and and so he towered over all the sixth graders and bullied. He found out you could get money and snacks and other things from mm. them. He was in trouble in, in this classroom because he was ADD and he couldn't be quiet or still. And they, he got in trouble. He joined a gang um, because he needed the people who were like him. As much as we were good to him, we weren't like him. And so life was hard. The school said they were going to fire kick him out basically and and we asked God what do we do we tried so many things mm-hmm. and God sent us to here in Orlando um, a local place called House of Hope which is a residential program for troubled teens mm. and he spent about a year and a half there we were very involved because that's part of the deal the mm-hmm. family goes through it too mm-hmm. and so he the best thing that happened there, a lot of good things happened, but the best thing was he met Jesus mm-hmm. and his house dad led him to Christ and baptized him. And that night they called me and they told me that, and uh, at first I was mad they hadn't said, come down and be here for his baptism. But 
But then I thought, thank you, Lord. And that night I had a vision um, from God where he said, Judy, I love this boy. Mm. And I would like to really love him through you, even though it's not always easy. And mm. so I saw him like he was open me, me, open me up. And he had this huge bat and he's pouring it in me. And I said, and that is, he says, this is my love for this boy. And I'm going to give it to you so that you will be able to love him no matter what happens. Mm. And so that was really the beginning of what I call a 15-year wilderness journey. Um, it was a lot of hard stuff that went down. Mm. Um, and uh, school was always hard. In the end, I ended up homeschooling him in high school when he finished with House of Hope then because he was in trouble from the very beginning going to school. His, his walk with God was inconsistent. He would do well for a while. Good people in his life would be helpful, but then he would get back with old friends like his gang and, and he would go through a long period. And, and so it was up and down, trying to walk with God, failing at it, making bad choices. We, we became familiar with the juvenile justice system. We knew about uh, juvenile detention. Uh, when he was older, he spent a little time in jail for actually a small thing that he did, but he got from that a, a two-year probation, which was mm. much worse than actually what he did, which was not very bad. But the probation was wonderful because every time he started to do something that he shouldn't, it, he would think, oh, if I get caught at this, I will go to jail. And, mm. and so, but he went through a large number of cars, um, which we were not providing for him. And uh, just his friends were in trouble most of the time. Once they had three of them had the same probation officer, they thought that was pretty cool. Oh, uh, gosh. Um, he, it was just a lot of hard stuff. Mm -hmm. And from that, I just had to learn how do I keep loving? How do I help someone who's not really very open to being helped at that season of his life? Mm -hmm. um, and my, my family all cared as well, but it kind of fell on me. And the hard part about that was it took most of my attention to care mm -hmm. for him. And my, my daughters paid the price. Even my husband yeah. paid the price. Yeah. And one time, my Debbie, the older one who uh, is a little more black and white as far as her view on things, not as much anymore. She has five children. That's had an impact. But she said to me one day, why do you let him get away with so much? He should be doing this and this and this and this, and you should stop it. I said, Debbie, I could be after him every moment of every day with mm -hmm. the things, the choices he's making. I have to focus on the ones that will save his life. Yeah. And she went, whatever. <laughs> mm. And, but that was what it came down to. I couldn't be after him all the time. We had to focus on the things that would save his life. Mm -hmm. and, and we did. Um, yeah. We saved his life in a number of different ways. So all of that led to the fact that God had given me, he taught me so much about trusting in him. Mm -hmm. He taught me about grace. He mm -hmm. taught me about 
unconditional love. At, at one point, I fell in love with this boy. Uh, at first, you know, we're just doing what God asked us to do. And I really fell in love with him. And it was like, well, how come he can't love me back? And, and God said, because he loves his birth mother. And that would be a betrayal of her. I went, mm. oh, so that helped me to understand. I said, mm -hmm. but, you know, maybe a Mother's Day card or a birthday card that says love Josh. And he says, Judy, unconditional love has no conditions. Mm -hmm. And so you can keep loving him with my love mm -hmm. and require nothing in return because that's how I love you. And that's how I love him. And that's how I love all of the people out there and all the prodigals. It, mm -hmm. it doesn't require that they do the right things. I still love them. There mm -hmm. are things I want to do in their lives and help them change and grow, but I'm going to love them no matter what. And so Absolutely. God taught me about unconditional love. Mm -hmm. And he taught me about grace. Mm -hmm. See, the, the thing with with prodigals, the, the message that they would be given, people who have prodigals, is tough love. You gotta be tough with them. You, you need to cut them off. You need to kick them out. You need to uh, give strong punishment so that they come to their senses. Mm. And God taught me that he does it another way. Mm -hmm. In Romans 2, 4, it says, he says, I am wooing them with my loving kindness. Absolutely. And he says, yes, you got to have some boundaries mm -hmm. and there will be consequences. But even how you do those matters, you don't come harshly and you vindictively. You're saying, all right, in our home, this is what we value. And it's important that we try to all live this way. Now, mm -hmm. once he was 18 um, and he was a long way from finishing school then, we didn't, he didn't finish high school till 20. And um, so people say, well, you can just kick them out. I said, well, actually, legally, you can't until they're 18. But <laughs> it's just no. So yeah. we, we established some requirements, even as he got older. And he came back and lived with us several times. And he, in his first marriage, he came back. They came and lived with us. And we always welcomed them because God always welcomes the prodigal home. Mm -hmm. And, uh, but we said, just, we want you here. We want to help you get on your feet, make good choices, but here are the requirements. And if you can't do them, then you're making a decision not to stay here. Correct. And, um, but it's your decision. So one time when he was, before he married this girl, the first, his first wife, um, they, he, they were just making bad choices at our house regularly. And we, because we were busy and traveling and stuff. So uh, we said, you know, you're choosing to move out. And he says, you're kicking us out, kicking me out. She didn't live there. And, uh, and I, no, we're not kicking you out. You, it's your choice. You knew the requirements. But see, that's a whole different way of approaching it. And you mm -hmm. do it with kindness and you do it with gentleness and grace mm -hmm. and not with harshness and vindictiveness. And so that's Absolutely. one of the main messages that God has given me for people who are prodigals, unconditional love and abundant grace. Absolutely. There was these uh, kind of standards of parenting back in the 1950s and 60s. And 
it's said that you must respond this way in order for your kids to be truly disciplined. And uh, I think all it did was create more harm than good. Um, you know, the Lord Jesus and his great mercy, he always loves us and pursues us. Even when we walk through difficult things, he continues to walk with us. He says, he okay, walk with us. you You're made right. this, you made this choice, but I will continue to walk with you. Um, and and I, I think nothing uh, brings down the walls of abandonment quite like acceptance. And uh, if we can get to the place in the body of Christ, when we can uh, promote acceptance, um, despite their faults, failures, weaknesses, but still know that uh, we have uh, boundaries and standards that they cannot violate. You cannot right. be abusive. You cannot uh, hit people. You cannot uh, belittle people. You cannot abuse them mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually. You cannot do those things. It's not acceptable. They will suffer the consequences of their actions, but it doesn't mean that, you know, the Lord stops walking with them or we stop walking with them. It's simply, so true. yes, it simply means uh, that we adjust how we walk with them. And, and sometimes there are those relationships where we need to stop. We need to walk away when they're being abusive. Yes, that's and, true. And that is not love by continuing to subject yourself or your family to others who am putting them in harm's way. And so I, I think it's, it's really important that you talked about that and uh, how it relates to that. So can you give some, can you give some listeners out there some ways that you put some boundaries in place for your son when he would come back and uh, how you continue to walk with him? Yeah, I, I can do that. I've had a lot of practice at it. Um, <laughs> the main thing that I'll start with is something I call the voice of grace. Um, I actually have a printout, a printed thing that I give people, and it's called the voice of grace. And it's, <clears throat> excuse me, um, it's helping us learn to speak with grace mm -hmm. and, and that we can uh, the first one is, you know, people say before you talk or say something, count to 10. And so I say that's the first one is think, you know, before you speak and count to 10 or 20 or 30 or whatever it takes for you to not come across as, as harsh and, and putting a person down, but able to speak the truth, but with, with the grace. But it's also about the tone of voice that you use with them. Mm -hmm. It's, it's not an accusing, it's making um, statements of fact, as opposed to accusing them of things, uh, so that you, uh, you can say what needs to be said that they did this, you know, that we had a rule of no sex or drinking or smoking in our house. Uh, he was an adult. He could do what he wanted on, out there. He knew we didn't like those things for him. But in our home, we could ask him not to do that. And he agreed to that. And so sometimes people have contracts. I have, I hear differently how, if that works, sometimes it works well, some people it doesn't. But in the end that on the grace that if you can keep your voice one of the things that I say in the voice of grace, people are shocked at almost, it's that the words that you speak now may be with that person for the rest of their life. 
And they yes. say, oh no, their kids, they'll forget. They're young. No, no, they won't forget. And, and kids, grownups now will say, I still remember when my father said this to me, or mm -hmm. I still remember that my mother said this to me. And I think, so what you say matters and the, how you say it matters. So that's a huge part of it. But it's very important to invite them into the decisions and say, all right, this is what matters to us. These standards matter to us. Uh, for example, when your friends are over here visiting, they need to also live by these standards. Now, they didn't a lot, but we didn't always know, of course. They were pretty good at concealing it. Um, we had to get the roof replaced over our garage, we found out, because the friends would go out the window of his room under the garage to smoke weed. And so um, after a while, they messed up the roof so badly, we had to replace it. So mm -hmm. those things happen, but we were looking for ways to be welcoming and loving and yet talk with them so that as we say, this is a standard for us. What do you think of that? Well, he says, I know that because <laughs> he did. He knew what mattered to us. And it, the things you were saying about not being abusive um, in your words or actions, and, but also other things um, that, that mattered. And uh, so to make sure, say, all right, what do you think if you were to choose to, to not live by this, what do you think would be the consequence that would be appropriate? And mm -hmm. so we invite him into the conversation about consequences. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times people just say, and here's what will happen if you do that. And we just find that if they have been part of that, defining the, the boundaries and the consequences, even though they don't agree or like them, but because mm -hmm. they were invited into that, they're much more accepting when they get put in place and, and called to, to order, so to speak. So mm. those are the kinds of things that are really helpful. But along with that, the efforts to keep showing love, um, I, our son was always welcome to come home and visit, even when he was not living with us. Um, because we wanted him to be part of the family. When there were holidays or birthdays, we celebrated with him. Um, we included him in our celebrations or we, did, we gave him a good birthday gift and Christmas gift because we were saying, you still matter to us. We still love you. Mm -hmm. But you, you know, there are these things that are, you're not making good choices. When he did make some good choices, and wanted to do something that would further that, we were helpful to the point we would pay for things like that because we wanted to help him be in situations that would help him choose to walk with God and would mm -hmm. help him make better decisions. Um, some people would, would not do that and wouldn't agree with that, but we thought when he's making better choices, we'll be helpful. When he isn't, then he's gonna pay the price. Um, but again, he'll know he's loved and welcomed and, and we love him. Mm -hmm. So those are the kinds of things that have been helpful for us and worked with him. Uh, one time, uh, one of his friends, I got to know his friends. We had, uh, 
until they were abusive at our home and were stealing from us, um, they were always welcome to come over and I would talk with them and get to know them. And our, we always were happy if our son would be doing something good. So he decided that a couple of them wanted to go bowling and they kind of got good at it and they wanted to, he says, but I really need a good bowling ball of my own now because I'm going to get on a team. And, um, and so we got him that. And then, um, well, it got stolen or he lost it or pawned it or sold it. I don't know. All of those things happened to his things. Mm-hmm. And um, he, um, his, we were asking, we were trying to decide how to help him. And his friend was nearby and he says, why have you helped him so much when he takes advantage of you? He says, does it have something to do with God? Hmm. I said, yeah, Chris, it has a lot to do with God because God loves us and he loves Josh and he loves you. Mm -hmm. And I said, and God has told me to to really look for the ways to show love, especially Mm -hmm. when I can encourage good choices. Mm -hmm. Um, and help him not make bad choices. So, but his friends at least recognize that the kindness that God, Josh received was because God was working in our lives mm. and loving through us. I love that so much. I love that even in this uh, time of learning uh, through these difficult things, it was such a witness to his friends. You know, if I could just add this, my, my daughter and I, she's seven. And uh, she is biologically ours, but, you know, we talk about making good choices. Um, Today is made of the choices that we've made uh, 35, 40 years before it. Yes, uh, indeed. Today is not an accident. You you don't just wake up and get what you get. It's based on what you've done preceding it. And, um, you know, it's incredible. What I will often do is, is I will say, you know, you are loved, you are chosen, you are forgiven, you are righteous. You know, I always point her back to her identity in Christ. And I do the same for me because the Lord has done the same for me. You know, it's it's, It's good to remember that. (laughs) Absolutely. Because we cannot even make good choices apart from the grace and the mercy of God, the empowering presence of the Holy spirit. We cannot make good, good choices. And, uh, it's just, you know, realizing that it all stems from our identity. So every chance I get to point her back to that, I do. Just recently, she had done something um, that was pretty serious. And, you know, I, I, I knew in my heart what I had to do. I pulled out um, this uh, animated image of what happened to Jesus on the cross. And I showed her that Jesus took all of her her, um, her mistakes and she's now forgiven. And she's sitting here watching this video and tears are just streaming down her face. I said, because of what he did, he just took what you just did. He said, you, I said, you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Now I said, you can make good choices. He's given you that. And she's just streaming. She was like, mommy, I'm so sorry. You know, and just realizing wonderful what he's done for her. Um, and it's, and I tell people this all of the time. The gospel is not something that you hear once. It's something that you hear absolutely every single day mm-hmm. because all of us make mistakes. All of us fail. Um, but all of us are 
uh, believers out there are pressing forward. It's an upward stumbling to become more like Jesus. We may fail, but we fail upwards. I love that. Well, yeah. One of the things that I find is helpful is to help people who have a prodigal to realize they are prodigals too. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that again, they cannot judge with harshness, but they can look for ways to embrace and help uh, and, and say every one of us, mm-hmm. even our, the sins are paid for, but we still make those choices. Just what you said, we make wrong choices sometimes and, and God has already paid the price for that. And it's, it's a wonderful thing to realize we are forgiven. Mm-hmm. We have been welcomed into the arms of the father and, and it's, um, it's just so much to learn if you've had a prodigal to realize, stop and look at how God treats you mm-hmm. Absolutely. and how he helps you want to make better choices and, and then look for ways to do that for your, for your prodigal. Absolutely. And, you know, I tell people all the time on this podcast Uh, the ministry that God has invited us into is the ministry of reconciliation Mm -hmm. and not the ministry of condemnation. Absolutely. Because the spirit gives life and the letter kills. And the more that we put people under condemnation, the more they, the more it stirs the sin nature and they're going to continue to do those things. But if we put them under grace, uh, they will find the empowering presence of God with them to get them out of that situation. So true. uh, yeah. And so isn't it beautiful? This new covenant of grace, it, it's a far better teacher than the law ever was. I'm oh, so thankful. Absolutely. Yes. I'm so thankful. So we just have to be careful where we're not putting our kids or ourselves. Oh my gosh. I went around that mountain under okay. the law. Um, right. You know, the Lord Jesus, he, he made that very clear to me one day. He said, I didn't make that covenant with you. I was like, oh, dang. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thank All right. You. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, I will leave that alone. I'll leave that at the feet of Sinai and, and I, I, I will move to Zion. Thank you. Um, <laughs> but uh, is there anything burning on your heart before we go that you want to share with our listeners? And then I would love to have you pray for them if they are believing um, to, to uh, experience the love of the father, either for themselves or um, for somebody that they love, a child or that they would yes. love to come home to the arms of the father. When his grandfather died, he said, I'm going to make Papa proud. Mm. I'm going to change the way I live. I'm going to take care of Mimi. I'm going to make different choices for my life. And, um, and he began to do that. And God brought this woman that he's now married to into his life and another just dramatic thing for us. My husband used to call him the most creative work avoider he'd ever seen. <clears throat> he would get his friends to do his work a lot of times. <laughs> and uh, it, my husband's a hardworking person and he, that really annoyed him. And <clears throat> until God said, well, so how big is the gap between you and Josh? And, you know, well, it's pretty big. He says, and how big is the gap between you and me? on, you know, hard work and holiness. And, and, and he said, oh, and so he began to have more grace toward his son. Right now, Josh um, has a hardworking job, very hardworking. He, he works 
12 hours a day about at his job mm. and it's labor because his brain doesn't do organized stuff very much and uh, because of fetal alcohol syndrome anyway so he's got that plus he's married and his wife brought in a daughter to that <clears throat> and a wonderful thing that she required she says i see that i can't marry you if you don't quit drinking Mm. And he said, I can have a few beers. And she said, I thought you could, but I see you can't. And mm. I won't bring my daughter into a home with a problem with alcohol. Good. And so he quit <laughs> because he loved this woman. And so she, and now they have two children who are six and four, two darling little girls. And they have a little farm and they raise a few cattle and a lot of pigs and chickens and ducks so when he's not doing his job or being with his family he does farm work all the rest of the time so mm -hmm. he never quits working and I watch him and tears come to my eyes watching him work all the time and my husband is in awe that this most creative work of order is perhaps the hardest working person we know and um and so God has done a wonderful thing in his life <clears throat> he's really turned into a good person mm. um, he knows and loves the lord he's in a good place in many ways in his life but like all of us still has ways to grow and um when i asked him i told him i'm doing this interview okay <laughs> i was and, like how does he feel about us talking oh, about well, it like the this? book <laughs> when i wrote my book I, I, he got to read everything that he would, you know, he's not a big reader. So he skimped. He says, I hope it helps a lot of people. The day it comes okay. out, I called him and I said, our book comes out today. And he says, I hope it helps a lot of families. And yeah. every time okay. I do my podcast or interviews, you know, he actually, I interviewed him on my podcast. So mm, and, great. And it was a sweet time. And so he's all for what I'm doing. He's glad that his life his bad choices and his now good or good choices are helping someone else. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm so grateful for that. And God takes even the really hard stuff in our lives mm -hmm. and he does wonders for him. And our son would say, God has done a good work in his life. And I would say the gifts that I have received from this boy, this man uh, are just of great wealth to me. The last mm. chapter of my book is called Gift. And I list nine gifts that I received as a result of him mm. in our lives. A very hard time, a long journey, but full of gifts from God that have changed me forever. Mm. I love that so much. And it's such an honor to record this with you on the 30th anniversary of um, all that God has done in his life. And Lord Jesus, we just bless him and we just thank you, Lord, that your Holy Spirit will continue to yes, Lord. empower him, God, surround him, Lord, use him for your glory, Jesus. And uh, we just thank you, Lord, that you will cause all these things to work together in his life. And we thank you for a powerful testimony um, of your faithfulness, God, of walking with Judy and with the son that you deeply loved, God. Thank you. Yes, Lord. Thank you. Would you like me to pray now then? Absolutely. Okay. Father, Father, I do thank you. I thank you for sending Josh to us. 
and the long, hard journey we had and how you were there for us every step of the way Mm -hmm. and how you were patient with us and with Josh Mm -hmm. until he came to a place of surrender to you. And you, you did so much for each of us to help us grow into Christ-likeness. Mm-hmm. And mother, I would say to any person here who's struggling with a child or a spouse or a family member, a sibling, prodigals come in all ages and mm-hmm. relationships. And I pray that you would give them such a sense of the fact that you're still there in that relationship and you're working, you're always working. You never quit working to accomplish your good purposes. And, and I pray you would give them the assurance that they are loved and that they can have your love flowing through them for this person who's breaking their heart or making life challenging. And I pray you would give them uh, mercy as you have given us mercy. Mm -hmm. and grace as you have given us grace and Mm -hmm. unconditional love yes lord help them to know how uh, to set wise boundaries and appropriate consequences and Mm -hmm. to do even that with grace but give them hope lord that you're going to accomplish your good purposes and you lord will not give up and you will enable us to not give up so strengthen them encourage them give them hope and have them just see the work you're doing in their own lives as a result of this challenge that they're going through. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, Judy, thank you so much for being here with me today. It was a pleasure and honor. Well, my pleasure for sure. And I do love to talk about the good work God has done. Amen. Amen. Well, I hope and I pray that today's episode has blessed you. I will have links from today's podcast and resources in the show notes on cpnshows.com under Revealing Jesus with Christina Pereira. There you'll find additional resources to connect with us and our special guest, Judy Douglas. And be sure to pick up a copy of her book, uh, Loving the Prodigal. Until next week, may grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of Jesus. God bless. Thanks so much for tuning into this week's episode of Revealing Jesus with Christina Pereira. I hope today's episode has blessed you. Please subscribe, share it with your friends, and don't forget to sign up for our ministry mailing list for more encouraging content about our beautiful Savior, Jesus. Just text JESUS to 1-833-815-7778. That's 1-833-815-7778. 7778. And of course, it's your turn now to join the conversation. Send me your burning questions, leaders you would like to hear from in the body of Christ, your testimonies, and more. Just click join the conversation in the show notes. And for more information about our ministry, visit us at ChristinaPereira.org. Until next week, may grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of Jesus. God bless.